This week's episode is brought to you by Patreon at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Not only do you get access to every episode a week early and ad-free, but we have tons of extras, including our two newest interviews. We chat with Mike Scully about his time executive producing the show. I ran it through uh, seasons 9 through 12, which I always characterize as the four most consecutive seasons of the show. And we talk with writer Mimi Pond about what it was like to write the first episode of The Simpsons. You know, and I get to be the turd in the punch bowl every single time I tell this story because nobody wants to hear anything bad about The Simpsons. You can find all that and more exclusively on Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons where Smingers did it I'm your host, the fancy walking Bob Mackey name. And this is the Laser Time <laughs> Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons Who else is here with me today? I tried to march in the St. Patrick's Day Parade, Henry Gilbert, oh, I see, and who else? You're in Soak Toolshed, Chris Antista Oh my god <laughs> Today's episode is Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 2 I've had it up to here with his damn record. Yes. Today's episode aired on September 17th, 1995, and as always, Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps> oh, my God! Oh, boy, Bobby! Zero Cool and Angelina Jolie hack the planet in Hackers. Oh. Kids WB debuts anchored oh. by Animaniacs for a while. Oh. Uh, but the U.S. is also seeing another animated series premiere, Sailor Moon. Wow! Right now, that was on Fox Kids. I remember seeing the premiere of Sailor Moon. Mm -hmm. I was really excited for the beginning of Kids WB. I so was too. Kids WB. That first year was the the first year was basically them taking Warner Brothers took all of their great programming, mostly from Fox, and gave you a Superman, and gave you a Superman all on that network. But I read the problem was that they got a bunch of 13-year-olds and older watching it mm-hmm. when what they wanted were children to advertise toys to. And yeah. if you lived in Tallahassee, Florida, you didn't have WB, so oh, all of no. these cartoons overnight disappeared. And then I think what was the it went to Kids WB, so did Pokemon. And then mm-hmm. Pokemon... Well, yes. And then uh, Power Rangers was killing the, the shows on Fox, but Pokemon... Pokemon killed them on that channel. On Kids WB, and it became yeah. the, almost all anime. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kids WB would eventually get Batman. In this first year, yeah. he wasn't part of it. In fact, there's a joke on Freakazoid uh, about that. Really? They didn't get Batman oh, yeah. on well, Kids WB. Because the Fox deal was still continuing. Yeah. Fox basically renewed it for like 13 more episodes, or less than 13. I didn't get to see a beautiful cartoon like Freakazoid until I was in my (laughs) mid-20s. That's when you can really appreciate all those F-Troop references. I couldn't believe what they were making for children. It is is kind of the uh, wrong direction. It was not made for children. It was made for people who grew up in the 60s. Sorry. uh, It was made for Gilbert Godfrey, basically. (laughs) As we talked about with Reed Harrison in our interview, that he wrote an episode of Pinky and the Brain, and they were in a similar situation where like, they had Pinky in the Brain and Animaniacs, which was skewing older, and they tried to make it into Simpsons. Pinky in the Brain was aired at night, like mm-hmm. in in prime time. They did that with Batman a few times too. I think so. Yeah, yeah they yeah. they they aired the two. Well, at Fox, they aired the two parter of Batman the animated series that explained the origin of Robin. I think too because it was too violent for kids but warner brothers had some of the best award-winning animation on tv but it was also not the kind of thing 
that children. It wasn't Pokemon. Pokemon mm-hmm. was really when kids dubba 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 WB. Pokemon yeah. was cheap compared to full animation, full orchestra, uh, like Hollywood unions. writers. Unions. Yes. Unions. Unions, too. And it was a, doesn't do unions. They no. do shit in Canada. It was made internally by that company, meaning it cost them all that money. And on, if it, they had a Pokemon, that is something with a giant merchandise and game division, which none of these things had. They all have pretty terrible games. I said, yeah. And the Superman, well, Superman had one of the worst games Man. of all time. <laughs> but Superman, the show, was also hurt. It had Never t- saw it. unfortunate production issues. They played the three-parter series premiere, a Toy Man episode, and the Metallo episode. And then they repeated the origin for three weeks because, as I would find out on the DVDs, mm. the Korea had problems and it wow. took a while longer for new episodes to come back. And so the first season was really hurt by that. And same Animaniacs. Animaniacs skewed a little older. Then Freakazoid was like, what if Animaniacs was weirder? It was for college kids yeah. almost, yes. like dorm room stoners. There's a joke in the first episode, or one of the first episodes of Freakazoid saying, we pitched this to prime time, but they had other ideas. <laughs> right. That's right. And that, uh, we just got back from Christmas as of this recording. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did a Christmas blog and go on and on about Christmas episodes. I also have them all on Amazon Digital, so I just watch them at everybody's house. Anybody who's mildly curious to rewatch something, like, fuck yeah, Christmas specials. Mm-hmm. And someone asked, why is it so special to you? And I may have had this epiphany on, on another podcast, on another later time, but that before The Simpsons... Christmas specials were the only time you saw animation at night. Mm, that's and, true. It's very yeah. special. So you're, yeah, to make to make something like that special, and like I always like, I think I, this year was like, imagine being a fan of Charlie Brown, mm. and like instead of this bullshit show, your parents like <laughs> for the first time ever, it premieres on television for free. You can watch Charlie Brown. Yeah, or it if, blown your fucking mind. Or I remember thinking like, well, I watch Garfield every morning, but mm-hmm. that's not my parents don't understand it. But if they are watching Garfield's Christmas special at night, yeah, it's mm. it's more highbrow. Oh. After your dark, because I had to read about kids wb that they like they'd bother like no the animated special should be important mm-hmm. like especially while we don't have a lot of programming so we're going to elevate some of the stuff into prime time like man i'm so fucking pissed i missed it mm-hmm. also on kids wb though they had since they were making a lot of shows with the wayans they mm-hmm. also made wayne head mm-hmm. and which wasn't <laughs> particularly good and one of the longest running things on that channel was inexplicably the sylvester and tweety mystery another yeah. super high budget show yeah <laughs> which looked it looked really good but i couldn't with like I, tms I was, animation too. i was yeah. not into that show yeah. at all but they i mean june sure foray was on every fucking episode yep. they got her r.i.p june foray yeah so uh, as should be apparent don't get us started on animation we'll talk forever yeah this but, is already gonna be a long mistake. episode I know. no it's fine it's fine so i wanted to go over the contest if you don't mind yeah oh, just the results of the contest so who shot Mr. Burns? Right. So in the last episode we did of Talking Simpsons, we talked about the 1-800-COLLECT contest mm-hmm. and that if you called someone collect during this certain time period, you and that person would be entered in this contest. And I believe there was some way for you to choose a culprit because they, uh, when Merkin explains this, it's evident that you had to choose someone. Mm-hmm. And if you're out there listening and you did this, let us know. I don't know if you set into the phone or you yeah. hit a button or whatever. I'd I, have gotten in trouble if I called one. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but house. there's got to be somebody out there listening that has done this. I want to know how it was. I, I want to imagine like you just said the name because how many options could they give you with yeah. like one touchtone phone? Mm-hmm. Like press press star if you think it was Smithers. For the rules of the contest, David Merkin went over this with a fine tooth mm-hmm. comb to make sure it would be the best Simpsons contest. He was really into making this a great contest. Because of contest rules, they had to look at a random sample of a thousand entries and find someone who picked the right person. 
It turns out that in that sample of a thousand, no one picked Maggie. Holy shit. David Merkin was like, <laughs> let's just choose another sample. And they're like, no, this is a contest. And by the rules of the contest, like the federal rules or whatever, or national rules. That's we why have we don't to, do them. Exactly. We have to stick with this 1,000 entry sample. You must choose one person at random. The person that was chosen at random chose Smithers. Uh, it was just like, like some old woman because I, I guess the, the people <laughs> who entered this contest weren't necessarily Simpsons watchers. Yeah. So it called during the show. Like, yeah. Did you use 1-800-COLLECT at this certain time? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So instead of animating her into the show, uh, they just they, she just got money. I don't know how much money. Prize, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I just I I really want to know. Forward to there being like a character buried in a background, (laughs) like a meaningless looking character. Dave Merkin also said she was in Washington D.C. Yeah, that's where the person yeah. was located. And yeah, Bill Oakley also said she opted for the cash prize instead of being animated. The end. Yes, I wonder what the cash prize was, but yes, a very very disappointing end to this contest. And I just I want to know what happened when you called that collect call yeah. number. It's got to be recorded somewhere. Somebody's got to have a memory of it. I just want to know I how he chose. We played that. Somebody recorded all of the Freddy Krueger hotline, yes. and that was even older. Sin, sin, <laughs> Cincinnati. Well, and they had an ad blitz. Bitch. They had. An insane ad blitz for this not just 1-800-COLLECT but also Pepsi United Artist Theaters and 7-Eleven all had ads for this I remember multiple comic books had the ad on the back of it like not just for watch part one but also for watch part two find out who finally did it and Bill Oakley uh, in the AV Club, you should check out, has an amazing oral history of this. And he talk, Bill Oakley talks about how when the episode came out, they had a giant party for it and nobody cared. And he's like, <laughs> you spent all this money, all this money to have this giant party at the Fox lot. And he is surrounded by executives who don't give a shit about the Simpsons. Yes, and he man. was thinking, he was thinking, if I was a teenager, this is exactly where I'd want yeah. to be. And instead, I'm surrounded by all these people are doing it the party is happening when the episode aired so oakley is so deep into production of season seven he's he doesn't know what people think of this episode Mm. and so he talked about how he was happy that it's so widely remembered now because at the time it came out it felt like nothing he also said if you remember the poochie episode homer saying you're missing the jokes why stop talking (laughs) That was how he felt at that party. Oh, they were playing it at the party? Yes. Oh, wow. It was playing live at the party, and everybody was talking and stuff like, you're not watching this episode. So this episode, uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 2, one final pre-episode thing is that this episode is so overlong and so packed with information and, and, and like uh, clips and things like that, mm-hmm. it had to be sped up 10% Whoa. to fit the running time. It, yeah. And I can't tell. No, there. I know on the commentary, Merkin says there's some lines in here that Marge says that are hard to hear. But I'm like, nah, I don't really hear yeah. it. And it's one of the even at ten percented. I don't know this statistically is absolutely true, but of all the episodes that aired in the half hour format, this is the longest. This is over twenty three minutes wow, long. No. I could think, not do that today. I think never no squeeze in that Z man. So. So it was the longest one ever. I will also another thing I'd say about this episode is that I wonder what this episode would have been like if Nicole Brown Simpson were alive because oh. there are so many Simpson DNA references in here that I was like, oh. if the world had not learned what DNA was through O.J. Simpson's trial, huh. likely what, written, what would this episode have been? Written much long uh, before the murder? Oh it no, had to be. no way. No. Oh wait, she, wait, wait. Ninety four. It was ninety four. Right, over right. a year yeah. before this aired. That's right. So, the de- the murders happened then. I don't know at what point in the trial it happened, but as we do know, 
in round Springfield, there are direct references to his lawyers. So it had to. That's right. Something had to be happening with the court case by the time they were writing. It taught us all about DNA. And also behind the scenes, there was a big fight that Oakley and Weinstein really didn't want it to be Maggie. They really Mm -hmm. didn't. That's why in the 138th episode, they say, and we found out it was a baby. Yeah, I believe uh, Weinstein wanted it to be Barney, and that they Barney would just leave the show and uh, not come back for a while. Really? No more drunk yeah. jokes for Barney. They're like, the drunk jokes are getting old. Oh, yeah. my season three MVP. <laughs> I mean, Oakley and Weinstein were big into Wait, there's changing... there's some of the wrap-up episode of the show, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, for yeah. patrons. Uh, but... Crown a new victor. So this episode two is that, behind the scenes, James L. Brooks, he's like, it has to be a Simpson. Right. This is The Simpsons. A Simpson has to have done the shooting. And then he suggested the baby, and Dave Merkin thought that was so funny that that the baby shot Mr. Burns. And when you watch the episode, it allows no one to take blame. Like they're just right. like, well, they're not they're not going to convict a baby. This doesn't it <laughs> can just be an accident. It uh, they can just forget about it and yeah. move on. But Maggie did it on purpose. We know. <laughs> okay, personal story time. Oh, I don't think I have ever anticipated anything. As much as I anticipated this episode uh, of The Simpsons, uh, me, I, I mean, like I was, I was waiting, watching. I, I think I like, watched summer. that tape over and over again, looking for probably clues. once a week. Yeah, I was watching. Wow, it I, I'm actually the opposite. I was like real passive about it. Oh mm. my god, I can't yeah. imagine that. I, I was just like, more new Simpsons is fine. I, I, like, whatever it is, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I needed to know. I, did, I, know I, so I didn't bad. try and figure it out. It drove me crazy all summer long. And I was watching it over and over and over, and just even, even I remember my excitement. They the week before they re-air Lemon of Troy, and I'm like, next week is the show. It's coming back. <laughs> it was two weeks after my birthday. I was a 13 year old boy. <laughs> Nothing to, was more exciting than the Simpsons. Ready to solve mysteries. Exactly. <laughs> I was just. I would have been there no matter what episode it was. Yeah, but it was interesting. Didn't they preempt the episode with like a full? So uh, it was the highest rated Simpsons in a long time. Mm-hmm. It was preempted first. Uh, so seven o'clock. The part one, re-air that. 7.30, Springfield's Most Wanted. Oh. A blatant advertisement for the episode they get. They hire the entire America's Most Wanted crew. It's really cool, To make though. an episode, including... John uh, Walsh. John Walsh. To Who started the show because John his son was abducted Child and decapitated. Child murder exploiter. Yes. <laughs> Cheap John Walsh. Look, he did know, a lot of good on No, he show. did. Yeah. I was just giving him shit. So here's one of my favorite clips from it. From the fourth book fabulous Mirage Hotel in Las Vegas, Jimmy Vaccaro. Thank you, John. We're here at the Mirage Sportsbook, and the board is going wild. Folks are betting on who shot Mr. Burns like it was the Super Bowl. Right now, Homer's the odds-on favorite at 2-1. But as we get closer to finding out who shot Mr. Burns, things can change in a hurry. Later in the show, I'll return with my special picks. Back to you, John. Thanks, Jimmy. Now, hopefully, with the help of our experts, we can shed some light on this mystery. Wow. <laughs> and there were odds up there. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. they could have just done that on the board for yeah, that that's, one they probably shot, did. They I like how it did. said snake in the parentheses, Jailbird. No one says Jailbird. <laughs> but as we it shows know, you the writers wrote like, that. Yeah, book. people bet on professional wrestling. They bet on every. They bet on everything. A sports book will take any money from you if you're like, "Well, I've got money." Then we've got bets. That's that's how it is in the sports book. Though now, the next time I'm in, I'm in Vegas, I am putting money down at the Mirage. Now that I know it's really <laughs> the Simpsons. But that that that's how big they did. Though there is a moment. In Springfield's most wanted, where John Wall says, "I may be serious for him." Basically, like 
serious for a moment. We do real good work on America's <laughs> Most Wanted, and I hope you watch it. Like, uh, I, I wonder if he had that demand of, like, we'll do this giant commercial, but we have to tell people. The ghost of his dead son was approaching the studio. I, I, I kid with him, but he was always very, <laughs> he was always very serious that he was doing this for good reasons. Yes, and I think as yeah. a result, like, it was one of the shows Fox couldn't cancel for a long time because it, it was it was hovering around the yeah. Simpsons for way too I, long. I, by the way, I was not making light of the fact that his no, son was no, murdered, no. but I was just wondering what is going through his head where it's like I started this show because my son was <laughs> murdered, and now I'm doing a, an episode about a cartoon character being I mean, shot. In like yeah. 2017, even if he was doing that, he would still be required to like exist in parody somewhere, like yeah, to be yeah. his character somewhere else. Uh, season one, he, they had the show America's Most Armed and Dangerous. Was that? Yes, in, yeah. yeah, they saw it on TV. That was in the what would have been the pilot had it not been terribly animated. And 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 though I was more of a uh, mystery unsolved mysteries guy over that show, yeah, a lot spookier. So we're twenty minutes in. Time to start talking about. Sorry, oh no, one more. (laughs) Sorry, I have one more personal story of this. So I never, I never was more excited for an episode than this. My uncle Eric, who still lives in Marin County, uh, California, he also was super excited for this. This is before there's really the internet. Neither of us have it. We are in Florida and have seen the episode. Oh, no. We joke call him with, like, we've seen the episode, we've seen the episode, and it's... And then we hang up. We don't nice. say it. But that was what you could do before the internet. Like, we, it was the first spoiler I ever cared about. And, oh. uh, it, but n- there was no Twitter to spoil it for me. So that was, that was what my mom was like. We got to do it. Let's do it. Let's, t- <laughs> let's uh, call Unky Eric. Now let's talk about it. Hooray. I think we already put a break in the show by now. But yes. <laughs> so, uh, we open with another reference to the series Dallas. Mm-hmm. So, the Who Shot Mr. Burns thing is obviously Who Shot JR. This is a parody of the opening, I believe, of the 10th season. Smithers, wait your turn. There's plenty of hot water for all. <laughs> Sir, you weren't shot. <sighs> it was all a dream. That's right. The year is 1965, and you and I are undercover detectives on the hot rod circuit. Now let's burn rubber, baby. <laughs> Speedway Squad, in color. Wait, that was all a dream. Ah, oh, hey, then maybe I haven't become a hideous drunken wreck. And- oh. <laughs> I want to point out that Mr. Burns fires the gun three times. Oh, three! It's not really a clue, oh. it's just a callback to the how the, the three is important. Yeah. Uh, to Smithers especially. So, okay, so apparently in the 80s, Patrick Duffy was a huge star. I only really know him from a Step by Step. symbol, yeah. man. It was, much, it was a much hornier version of the Brady Bunch, Step by Step. But, <laughs> um, so Patrick Duffy planned on leaving the show Dallas after the 84-85 season. That was season eight. Um, he is killed off at the end of season eight. Run over by a car. Exactly. Season nine goes by, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Let's make more episodes. Patrick Duffy's like, I want to come back to season 10. Okay. Season 10 opens with all of season 9 was a dream. All 30 episodes were a dream. Well, and his wife finds him in the shower is the first thing that happens in the beginning of season How could you ever get 10. away with that now, Mr. Robot? This. <laughs> oh, God, really? No, it's, that's, okay. that, that is not what happened. This is the season 9 finale. Like, that it, yeah, season 10 starts with him saying it was all a dream, but this is how... Oh, so season 9 ends with that. Season what nine an awful way to end a season. God damn it. <laughs> And then just freeze on Patrick Duffy. And you're left all summer thinking, wait, how's he alive? And so then when you start up, I watched the beginning of the season 10 opener. 
it's just him saying, what's the matter? What's wrong? She's like, or he's like, what's the matter? It looks like you saw a ghost. I thought I did. I dreamed that you were run over in a car. And I was like, and I read that the behind the scenes thing was the new executive, the old executive producer was shoved out in season eight. Season nine was by somebody else. And then when he came back, he's like, you know what? Fuck season nine. Didn't happen. Wow. My mom was the there. The gas leak season. <laughs> My mom was there to explain that joke to me because wow. it made no sense to me as a 13 year old. I, I think, and I think Family Guy did a direct oh, yeah. reshot like with live that. action. Yeah. That yeah. was at the, with Patrick Duffy with Patrick and Duffy. Um, the, uh, that woman and <laughs> that was at their will a millennium episode that mm. uh, that happens in, but my mom also she hated that like that made her stop watching dallas to be told an entire season of a dramatic of a soap opera you were watching never happened and it went on for like four or five four more years, years after that how yeah i it, it was a ratings juggernaut but the the Couldn't... pose of burns the shower it is all like shot for shot that uh Dallas. But that opening, imagine you've waited all summer and the opening is that Speedway joke. Oh, yeah. It's pretty great. I love, I love, we always try to look a little deeper than the wikis, obviously, but I love how it's, the wikis are all like young kids trying. Mm-hmm. And like, this is probably a parody of Police Squad. No. But like, you you poor young man. That's I read that the, too and I got mad, Chris. That's the oldest show you've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Spe- Speedway Squad is a parody of all the hot, like, a movie that like Paul Anko would have starred in or yeah. something in the 60s. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's a joke about much older shows that it's parodying uh, yeah. Police Squad. It's just the first time you saw it. And I always point to, because it's now in Disneyland, they changed the name of the show in like the 60s to the Wonderful World of Color because like people were, Mad Men has color. an episode about that, like how like CBS, like we're not going color. Mm. Refused. They refused <laughs> to do color. So you would have Weird. to, you would have to tell people like, you know, this is in color, right? It is. It looks yeah. black and white to me. No, it's in color. Buy a new TV. We say it in the opening of the episode. It's just so weird. I don't. We yeah. don't have like that in color because I think we grew up with like in stereo where available. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah. but nobody has to do that anymore because it's, it's just expected. I think of the old MST3K yep. ref Rat Patrol in, in color. color. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of I was thinking of MST3Ks. Turn down lights, wear apple. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. And I thought, I thought, I thought Dragnet might have done it because it went color. The Andy Griffith Show went in color and has to tell you that no, we spent more money on the show this yeah, season. Like, like if, if you buy a new TV, you'll see colors yes. on the show now. And I also like that Burns sees nothing sexual with uh, Smithers seeing him in the show. He's like, there's enough hot water for us. That's great. I also, <laughs> let's burn rubber, baby. But uh, then we get back to reality with a Kent Brockman recap. Oh, this is another uh, fuck you to the audience. I love it so much. Dozens of people are gunned down each day in Springfield, but until now, none of them was important. I'm Kent Brockman. (laughs) At 3 p.m. Friday, local autocrat C. Montgomery Burns was shot following a tense confrontation at Town Hall. Burns was rushed to a nearby hospital where he was pronounced dead. He was then transferred to a better hospital where doctors upgraded his condition to alive. So for five seconds, this episode makes you think the first part was a dream. The second th- second thing is they make you think they actually killed Mr. Burns for yep. like a second. I recall my mom's gasp. Yeah. Like, she was, <laughs> like she, it got us. It really. It's also a funny joke that if he went to a better really hospital, is. they figured out he was alive. Yes, yeah, that he was taken. Uh. They thought he was dead only because he was in a bad hospital, not because a 104-year-old man was shot. And like, no matter where you shoot a 104 man, they're dead. It's over, yeah. They're gonna die, no matter how much money they have. And I love the Chief Wiggum then comes on screen, he's eating a ice cream drumstick, which is like perfect for him. <laughs> oh, those are good. And then, in another laying of pipe slash funny joke, 
they're interviewing Santa's little helper and Maggie, mm-hmm. which is funny that they're asking questions of people who can't talk. But more importantly, it tells you right now, Maggie and Santa's little helper were right there where Mr. Burns was shot. So it'll make more sense. Have people heard the, the season six wrap up yet? I would think yes, they have yes, access yes, to it because yeah. you mentioned it on, on there. Patreon. Sign up uh, for yeah, Patreon. yeah, Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons that they... What did Burns calls Santa's little helper? What? The Simpson Mutt S M. He makes sure to say that so you can confuse the initials with yeah. Santa's little helper. Mm-hmm. I I never understood why he was in this opening shot. There's so many. I mean, Mo Sislak was just a thing in the background mm-hmm. for his bar uh, license in mm-hmm. part one. Like, there's a ton of S and Yeah, Sideshow Mel, W. Seymour Skinner, yeah. all the ones that they. I want to hear worked, what Sideshow Mel has to say. They worked so hard <laughs> to trick you into things, and so. Uh, then we also we this this episode handles recaps in a very good way because they realize like after this first airing, some people are just going to see this episode without seeing part one. So you need people like Lisa to explain everyone's mo times. <laughs> Everyone in Springfield had a reason to shoot Mr. Burns, even us. Mm. Bart, he broke your dog's legs. Grandpa, he destroyed your home. And Dad, well, you kind of went berserk when he couldn't remember your name. Berserk is right! May I have to my tea, please? Aren't we forgetting someone? Sister suspect. <laughs> you know, it's just getting to me. Because of Mr. Burns, they canceled my jazz program, and my friend Tito Puente got fired. But I could never shoot someone. Could so, could not, could so, could not, could so, could not, could so, could, could not. Kids, as far as Daddy's concerned... You're both potential murderers. The police already have a suspect. It's Mr. Smithers. Sure. Oh, oh yeah, he's, he's a good suspect. He's the one. Yeah, well, he's the one. Yeah, Springers did it. Case closed. Now, where's my hat? I'm going to the outhouse. We don't have an outhouse. <gasps> my tool shed! Oh, damn. <laughs> I love how that pays off later with the yeah. visual joke. Yeah, the visual gag of the tool shed being hosed off. It's my favorite shit. thing in the whole episode. <laughs> it is. Over angrily hosing out the tool shed. Uh, but that was a great... Uh, sum up of how you need to know why all the Simpsons could be guilty because you're going to later think no it's a Simpson who is involved now I could never think of Smithers without Smingers like, Smingers Sm- did it that's right Smingers did it I did the Iggy I did the Iggy and though this is what scared me as a kid uh, that at this moment at 13 and first viewing I was sure it was Smithers I was like I figured I it out positive. it's Smithers but I got the sinking feeling of if they're dealing with Smithers as a suspect at the start of this episode, yeah. he probably isn't the culprit. I wasn't that aware yet, but I was positive it wasn't one of the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the one thing I felt positive. Yeah, in. sure. They wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Now I see the obviousness of like, yeah, it's one of the Simpsons. The show's The Simpsons. It should be a Simpson, not Smithers. But then there's a uh, a good gag of so Smithers remembers that he shot somebody and uh, I, I I really love the muffler man I think he's a funny <laughs> just like sidling up to Smithers I like you can see the <laughs> the scrunching in the costume for when he moves to put it in his pocket like by the way this animation uh, directed by Wes and mm-hmm. Archer one of the uh, We've been doing the shorts, me and Bob, and Wes Archer is like, he's the one of the first animators of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome that he's doing such a major having, having just this. sent a Me Seeks Can Do gift to a request on text. Uh, <laughs> director Rick and Morty, right? Uh, uh, yes, supervising director. director. And uh, yeah, he's. Uh, but so, yes, Smithers is pretty sure he killed Burns. <laughs> I'm the one who shot Mr. Burns. God, I needed to hear. Oh, this thing works great. <laughs> a man became consumed by greed. He'd steal from anyone. 
This isn't a rival company you're battling with. It's a school. People won't stand for it. Pish push. It would be like taking candy from a baby. See, that sounds like a larf. And when he tried to steal our sunlight, he crossed that line between everyday villainy and cartoonish supervillainy. Bah! She was a rank amateur compared to Dr. Colossus. <laughs> when is my lawyer coming? <laughs> Dr. Colossus, last seen in Lisa versus Malibu Stacy, right. one of the husbands of Stacy Lavelle. That's right. Again, that could have been, they could have made up a new character for this, but they got a classic or one because of the Mr. So continuity. <laughs> oh, also the gag, I, I didn't grab it, but the. First, the visual gag of Homer having rickets is pretty funny, but it's one of the few jokes in this two-parter has no logical consistency. Like Homer's legs are the same or better. One rickets is a, a reshaping of your bones, like it's a it, vitamin D deficiency yeah. because the sun is being blocked out. I think I it's more of a problem one, when you're growing than when yes. you're already old and your bones. This is one are of the formed. first things I ever googled. Like, oh. how do you get rickets? But it's funny. I couldn't put it's, it together. It's a funny visual to see Homer walking like that, but he's fine the next scene. Yeah, and they crush Shelbyville, apparently. Which, that joke feels more cruel after Lemon of Troy of like, no, I know the faces of Shelbyville. They killed a lot of people. Well, they crushed a town. Who's to say someone died? That's true. Uh, I wonder if they were trying to get rid of Shelbyville forever after this joke. <laughs> like, don't talk about Shelbyville I, anymore. Did, have they mentioned that Bumblebee Man works for KMAX? Is that, I think that might have been the first time because yeah. previously we saw he was a Channel, Channel 5. Channel, Channel Ocho. Oh, and Channel Ocho, Ocho. yeah. Uh, oh, and the the St. Patrick's Day parade gag. In case you don't know, gays aren't sure. allowed in many St. Patrick's Day parades. They they're like, hey, we're a group of gays. We want to march in the parade, and they're like, no, we believe in a stupid old religion. Get the fuck out of here, gays. <laughs> and one of the big changes Boston is most famous for that Boston yeah. would never let the gays march. 2017 they changed their mind because of a gay veterans group. They're like, they oh shit. The their veteran their veteran powers outdo their <laughs> well, gay powers, but so we have to respect. Only slightly, I, I researched this the most just because I found it fascinating. Um, it started in '93 where they just like now all all gays are banned, all <laughs> gays. But like it, it was like it, it was in '93 gay veterans specifically. Oh, so it and always then, had been gay. Veterans, yes, and so. in 1995 they allowed one group to walk, and they were like, "Well, how was it?" And like. That was like a gauntlet of nightmares. Like a oh, bunch I bet. Of like oh, for going through gays. Boston in 95. Yeah. They're going to make you pay for marching. Jesus Christ. And in yeah. 1995, the U.S. Supreme Court struck, like, ruled in favor of the parade. Like, they can exclude anyone they want. Mm. It's their First Amendment rights. Um, yep. And, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, it's their parade. But, yeah, it was 2017 where, like, I think somebody signed in permanently. Yes, forever. All, but up until then, gays had marched in the Boston parade, but only... Uh, on a case by case basis, uh, like being allowed every year, but in, but 1995 was that's what Smithers is referencing. Oh, is the court yeah, ruling, it, wow. it just is the court ruling that said like no, you can exclude gays forever. Yeah, uh, if, I didn't if know you that was a to. timely reference. Yeah, well that's that's the thing I like pointing out. I don't know about this whole season is like so much of it is what happened seven months ago. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then we actually get a surprising return of another old character by name. Smithers! <laughs> Shot in Springfield Daily Shopper. Who are you? Where are you going? <laughs> Do your research, Shopper. Ken Brockman, Channel 6 News. How does it feel to be accused of the attempted murder of your boss and mentor? Can't I? 
I feel about as low as Madonna when she found out she missed Tailhook. Uh, I'm going to say, ouch, for Madonna. Hey, that's my Madonna gag. That guy stole my gag. And you stole it from last Friday's episode of Pardon My Zinger. Stole, made up, what's the difference? <laughs> Mr. Smithers must have seen that program, too. He never misses it. Hmm. At the town meeting, he mentioned that he watched Comedy Central. I made sure to note that, as it seemed quite unusual. <laughs> Ye gods! To the police station, Krusty! Krusty! So that's Krusty. 47 seconds of the most jam-packed combination of joke oh boy, and exposition yeah. ever, where Smithers has to say his whole thing again, so you get a hack mm. reporter. Who, it reminds me of that Mr. Show sketch of that reporter who shows up at the other news studio and just holds the microphone <laughs> yeah, right. like sheepishly. Well, what, what's this about? What are we? What, yeah, it, who are you? And what are you doing? And that's Dave Shutton, who before had been a pretty good reporter for uh, <laughs> covering Blinky, yeah. yeah, and the uh, Lincoln Squirrel assassination. Mm-hmm. And in those forty-seven seconds, hack reporter joke, hack joke thief joke, yes, um, and even a Comedy Central slam. But then a bunch of valid information. So yeah, they're, the, they're working jokes around the important stuff. It's so the tail cool. hook scandal, not so funny. As no, uh, uh, man, like I you don't know. know the story. No, I don't at all. Yeah, this comes up in uh, Simpson Tide. Actually, they're going to yep. court Marshall Homer, but all the the military guys are are indicted in the tail hook scandal. They all have to leave, mm. so Homer does not get dishonorably discharged. Or no, he gets dishonorably discharged. Not researching the Catholic parade. You can't spell dishonorable without honorable. honorable. So yeah, the tail hook talking about sexual harassment, dear. Mm. Fucking god! Like I was reading about this, it's horrifying. At oh, the yeah. at the tail, I'll, I'll try to clean this up a bit. But the Tailhook Association Symposium, which is a association for the uh, aviation military guys, uh, there was a symposium in September of ninety one in which one hundred aviation officers sexually assaulted eighty three women oh. and seven men at all of the parties that were happening. So this Holy was a, a huge, In 91, huge, their 91. standards of sexual harassment. That well, sounds terrible. It only came, like, you can assume this happened most days. Yeah. And yeah. it was just seen, most times they did this and it was just seen as rowdiness. Don't but act then, like you don't like it. But <laughs> now this was, it finally came to light and like, people were fired over that. Like, it, was, it was a huge shame to the Yeah, Navy, and or, I should say like, uh, sexual assault and harassment continues to be a huge problem in the military. I was like monstrous. reading statistics like tens of thousands of incidents are reported every year in the military, but this was one of the biggest uh, things that came to light in the public. Well, like, Bob, if I... if like I, a job that's also camp. To, <laughs> well, Bob, you know, I heard a certain president say that if you're going to put a bunch of women on a, a submarine with men, what do you think's going to happen? No man who said that could ever be elected president, Sam, Henry. He thinks through everything he says. Yes, yeah. But yeah what that, president <laughs> I could be talking about? Who knows? So the joke is Madonna was uh, sad she missed being sexually assaulted. Yeah, it's at, a slut-saming uh, Madonna joke wow. on top of a yeah. uh, tail hook joke. But wow. the, the best wow. cover, I could be offended by this. The best cover for it to be, not be offensive is that they're making a parody of a bad joke. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like every joke Carlos Mencia stole yeah. <laughs> you probably thought of. But he, but he took the verbiage from yeah. somebody else. So uh, I... I really hate Madonna jokes now because, like, I love I love Madonna. I think she's awesome. She there were a lot of bad Madonna jokes on the creator. Is yeah. Madonna really full of herself and speaks with a fake British accent? Sure, sure. yes. Make Did fun of her old lady arms. Kabbalah? Sure, <laughs> but but I think the real reason she gets made fun of a lot is that she dares to be a woman over thirty five who wants to be like I fuck. <laughs> like, and everybody's like, "Oh, we can't take this. Go away. We don't want to hear about you fucking." Like, she dares to be a sexual being after the age of forty, and people can't take that. Mm. Uh, so, and the shit she did for the gays, uh, more positive than negative on that, I'd say. And uh, what I love in this episode is that 
Oh, at least two different characters have to become detectives briefly. Yeah, Mel because like, Wiggum is terrible at his job. Sideshow Mel kicks ass. He like rushes to action. I love that he immediately once he picks up that pipe, he is Sherlock Holmes. Yes, and Krusty happily becomes Doctor Watson. He doesn't even care that he just becomes <laughs> the sidekick and boss role is completely reversed. It in seemed DC. quite unusual. I thought it was weird. He was watching Comedy Central. I ejaculated. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, uh, it was a reference back home. Yeah. We were all reading a Sherlock Holmes. Story story in class and he kept saying that whenever he yeah. shouted uh, it, I read person. that a lot in old time books and I think of someone coming while they're saying yeah. <laughs> I ejaculated in the den <laughs> I am Melvin Van Horn and this is my associate Herschel Krostovsky hey hey officers <laughs> you have arrested an innocent man really oh jeez alright Colossus you're free to go but stay away from Death Mountain but all my stuff is there <clears throat> I was referring to Waylon Smithers Mr. Burns was shot Friday at 3 p.m., the very time that Smithers was at home watching Pardon My Zinger. So you see, he couldn't have done it. <gasps> yes, you're right. I remember now. I, I watched that entire show. In fact, I left the town meeting early so I could get home in time. I gotta run or I'll miss the opening rank out. <laughs> I get out my Slow down. Sidewalk's for regular working, not for fancy working. Out of my way. I'm in a hurry. You simmer down, I'll let you go. So, instead of wounding an evil old man, I may have killed an innocent old man. That's much worse. <laughs> About 50,000 volts worse, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Sizzle. <laughs> Sizzle. Sizzle. That's all really great. I- it did remind me. Um, we talked about pardon my zinger being <laughs> the opening who's rank li- out. Well, that's what made me led it's me to believe. Line. Well, that it might have been MTV Snaps. Mm. MTV Snaps was a was a short lived show where you would insult one another, and I think MTV had like a Yo Mama show. They would, I remember the Wilder Valderrama one, but that yeah, was but years there was an this. HBO show called Snaps where you and that's what it was. It was and there like, was like a book series humor. too. Yeah. Weird, mm. dozens. I prefer snappy answers to uh, stupid. Shut questions. up! I prefer cracks ripoff. Shut ups! <laughs> <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> I'm so glad you got that. You Claude. You Claude. Uh, yeah. You do remember cracks? Shut ups! Uh, it's that's shitty right. ripoff of snappy answers. To stupid questions and all you do is interrupt somebody and say shut up and bold well yeah. cracked one in the end guys they i hate did. to break it to cracked you cracked is quite a great website well you never yep. know mad magazine now uh, they got to make a comeback bill morrison who worked right. on many classic simpson comics is now their executive editor i, I enjoyed their uh, trump parody white hate american summer <laughs> so jasper jasper getting shot was quite a that also made my oh. mom gasp she's like oh jasper's dead but by that point i realized like no, I saw the gun go a little lower in that shot. I don't think he was. Initially, I thought that was one of the best animated depictions of drunk vision yeah. ever. Because when I'm yeah. hammered, I watch my feet uh, more so, yeah. so you don't fall over. I think That's so. That's how I am drinking. I, I do like the drunk acting. It's also Harry Shearer confronting uh, himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Shearer does a lot of talking to himself in this two-parter. Though, I said it in the part one, but I should have realized that was why he didn't do it. In part one, Doris says... 
Perpetual darkness. That's just great. Smithers is walking behind her. Mm. I thought that was him walking to meet Mr. Burns wherever Mr. Burns ended up getting shot. But it was him leaving early to get yep. to see Harden Meisinger. Yes, and he, I guess he was drinking during the town hall meeting because he wasn't that drunk when we see him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he definitely had, a, I think he had the bottle in his yeah, hand there. Yeah, he been chugging it during the meeting. Oh, I remember that, that him coughing up cigarettes in syndication made me want to have a cigarette so bad. And like, I'm, I don't know, I'm sorry. that I'm so far away from that now. I like his parched mouth when he wakes up. It's like old man mouth. Why this destroyed apartment is pretty good. Mm. Pretty good design there. I I also like Krusty's act out feels like a callback to the dr- glug, glug, vroom, vroom, thump, thump. 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 <laughs> uh, one of my favorite act outs. So then we give a visit to Jasper because... They they are still wondering how another old man wasn't reported being shot. Can we take a look at your leg? Hmm. Yeah, it's real spruce. You like it? Thank God. Sir, I, I only hope you can forgive me for shooting your wooden leg. You shot who and what now? Okay, Smithers, you're free to go. And you, one question. Do you know who shot Mr. Burns? Because we are really up the creek on this one. <laughs> Wiggum is a terrible cop. Terrible cop. I, Jasper, by the way, he did not have a fake leg when you're looking at his sandals for a paddling in P.T. and his pants. Oh, you're right. So. It must have been a recent like diabetes-related injury. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Uh, though I don't, I can't say for sure that he kept a wooden leg in future appearances of Jasper, in all future appearances, because he appears quite a lot. And uh, much like Jasper forgetting the end of the, just because there's a little snow on the roof, I don't remember. So, <laughs> uh, But the it's something, too, I caught only in this viewing. In the first act, both Smithers and Wiggum say the title of the episode. Smithers says, huh. I'm the one who shot Mr. Burns. <laughs> oh, wow. And Wiggum just there said, do you know who shot Mr. Burns? Because we are really up a creek here. Wow, I didn't even notice that. So they, they say the titular line. Titular line, baby. Meryl. <laughs> Meryl. We reference UCP so much on this. I'm like, no Does anyone get this? this. Yeah, no I don't listener. think anyone. Does. Very good. It's probably on some Comedy Central app somewhere. I have all the DVDs. It's fantastic. We were the losers watching Comedy Central. Yes. Knowing Upright City. It was quite unusual. We talked about that last time, right? We are Comedy Central nerds, the same oh, way other people so. are like vinyl nerds. Mm, uh, totally. <laughs> I've watched all the strip mall. All right. I, <laughs> I, like, I have a crush I watched, on Julie Brown still. I'm sorry. I watched several episodes of it. I remember that the woman who played uh, the mother on Margaret Cho show. Margaret Cho show. She yeah. was a lesbian on right. that show. That was a weird. I hated that show because it replaced Stranger with Candy. Yep. So much so that in the final episode of Stranger with Candy, their oh, school is right. literally torn down for a strip mall because they're being replaced by the Julie show. Julie Brown strip did nothing wrong. <laughs> All right, fine, fine. But so. The number one suspect is found innocent. I love Kent Brockman saying, is anyone as bloodthirsty as Raylan Smithers? <laughs> but, and, and Lisa saying the true thing about, like, usually it is the, fir- the original suspect. Like, mm-hmm. more often than not, statistically. And uh, then Lisa has to become the... She can't be it in Act 1 because they just want to focus on Smithers. So, But for Act 2 and 3, Lisa is the detective in this She's one. the smartest person in Springfield. She, she is. Well, I don't think anyone in this family is capable of attempted murder. You never know what you're capable of. I never thought I could shoot down a German plane. 
But last year I proved myself wrong. <laughs> Nancy Drew says that all you need to solve a mystery is an inquisitive temperament and two good friends. And I've got an inquisitive temperament. Maybe I could help solve this. I think you're a little young to be investigating an attempted murder. Why don't you try to solve the mystery of who put that mud in the freezer? Who wants chocolate ice cream? <laughs> me, 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 me! Homer is a dog. They're like, me, 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 me! <laughs> I hope Marge stepped in. <laughs> I hope she After that scene. Uh, eating the mud. That's a wonderful game. But, uh, yeah, it, I, you know what sucks? Whenever a character on The Simpsons quotes somebody, mm-hmm. if you want to find out if it's a real quote... When you search that quote on Google, it's just the quote yep. from the episode. That's all you can find, yeah. So Nancy Drew fans, if that's really a line from Nancy Drew, let me know. And I I, <laughs> I read the Boxcar Children. I didn't read. Nancy I didn't read any of that shit. It's a Hardy uh, Boys man. <laughs> or Lisa, Encyclopedia Brown. I read a lot of that. Lisa admitting she has no friends is great too. Yeah, I do. Love that. It's like I have this one thing. <laughs> but Marge is right. Yeah. It is weird for an eight-year-old to investigate an attempted murder. Uh, so they take the bullet out of Burns and they. Uh, at least if law and order has taught me anything, it's that when you take a bullet out of someone, it is a slug. It is not a bullet That's bullet right. that you put in the, the casing gun. shouldn't be there. Yes, but <laughs> it wouldn't. They need it to be the exact bullet because they're right. going to compare it at the end of this act break. So uh, then Lisa has a chat with the cops. Now, let's discuss the um, moat. Mr. Burns is the richest man in town. Maybe it's about money. That's some good thinking, Lou. Thanks, Chief. Hey, I said that. My name is Lisa Simpson, and I made a chart of all the suspects in the Burns case. Look. So the cop, Eddie, never gets any good lines, but in this this episode, he's got two great lines. When uh, Lisa is telling him about uh, Barney's motive, you know, he's sucking coins out of the love tester. That's Barney's income, sucking coins out of the love tester. Eddie is disgusted. He goes, that's a real good way to get sick. (laughs) It feels like he's warning children watching it. Like, don't try to do that. But I I just like his disgust. Like, ugh. Yeah, I like that a lot. And when I look back on this, I was just disappointed. Like, is there a deleted scene for Barney's alibi, or do they just not care? Like, mm. are they like, yeah, we don't need a Barney alibi? I think, I mean, Barney, um, it was not just the income, it was also going to Moe's bar. It wasn't yeah. just, like, the money he was sucking out of the love tester. Also, out of all the characters on the show to this point, Barney has definitely shot a gun. He's pointed a gun, oh, right. that same gun, at Homer <laughs> to get him to give up the bear. The bear, the bear. So, yes, Lisa goes over some of the uh, motives. Hey, what about that jazz teacher that got laid off? You know, uh, Mr. Sambas and your mambo? What mm. was it? Tito Puente? Yeah. Well, he did vow revenge. <laughs> but I can't see him doing something illegal. He's in show business. He's a celebrity. Let's roll, boys. Uh. Of course. But why wound his body with bullets when I could set his soul afire with a slanderous mumble? <laughs> Listen, if you will, to my revenge. Slanderous mambo. Slanderous mambo. That's what my name should have been. Shit. <laughs> Shit. So Oakley and Weinstein, they put Tito Puente in it because they knew Mac Rainey was a fan. Mm-hmm. And they wrote a song for him to sing because they thought he was a singer. He is not. He plays drums. He's he a drummer. Yes. So the this is officially done by... Tito Puente and his Latin Jazz Ensemble. That's mm-hmm. the official name of the group. I don't know who the singer is, and I cannot fucking find out. It's, it's a hmm. studio musician. It's a studio hired. musician, but it's like, shouldn't he be credited? Shouldn't we know who the name of the singer is? I think it's not s- Hank. It sounds like Hank Azaria, but it is it's not It's someone Hank they Azaria. hired. Actually, the design of the character may look familiar to you from season one. Yes. It is the I Could Love a Million Girl singer, yeah. who the wiki calls him Gulliver, Gulliver Dark. 
which was the huh. name of a Sam McMurray character on Tracy Ullman that was the exact same Whoa. kind of character. Oh. The same haircut, no mustache, Man. though. Oh, Holy boy. Shit. Yeah. So, Tracy Ullman should sue them again. She's got a case here. <laughs> Son it's of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> but I love the Senor Burn song so much. I so, listened to it so many times on CD, too. A million times, yes. And so I love it so much that I'm going to make the listeners hear the long version with the flute solo in it here. We'll be right back. Wounds that blow, but an insulting song. Burns will always carry with him. So I said, Oh, my score on the Sahasa floor with this vengeful Latin rhythm. Con el corazón de perro, Señor Season 7 of Talking Simpsons, and I guess also The Simpsons as well. And boy, what a season premiere is this. Part 2 of arguably the best two episodes in Simpsons history. And we're just getting warmed up here at Talking Simpsons. This podcast is supported by Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We appreciate all the support there. And if you are one of our supporters, at $5 a month, you'll get access to amazing extras, including our Season 6 wrap-up, where we go through all the news that broke in Season 6, along with our favorite jokes, and our favorite episodes, and our least favorite episode, all listed right there. Not to mention another bonus podcast where we go through all the deleted scenes from this season, both in video form for premium folks and audio form for the regular folks. And there's tons more coming, including really cool guests that are in the works. Just keep an eye out for that, all at patreon.com slash talkingsimpsons. If you're listening to this the week it hit the free feed, then this is your last chance to see the Talking Simpsons live show at SF Sketch Fest. Me, Bob, and Chris Antista are all headed to you live at the Piano Fight Bar. You can go to sfsketchfest.com or go to our Patreon and see new details on how to get a ticket. The tickets are free. Can't promise there isn't a drink minimum or whatever. It's on January 28, 5.30 p.m. at the Piano Fight Bar in San Francisco, the live Talking Simpsons show. And if you're going to go there, why don't you wear your Talking Simpsons t-shirt, which you can, of course, get on ShirtSickle or at tiny.cc slash talking shirt for just $19.99 plus tax and shipping. It's a beautiful sky blue designed in the style of Ion Springfield by wonderful friend of the show, Nina Matsumoto. Check it all out, and we'll see you live. 
Hey, this is Sideshow Luke Perry. You're listening to Talking Simpsons on Laser Time. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1987. So this one looking up uh, what Scooby-Doo in the ghoul school, school is, <laughs> is it's uh, Scooby-Doo ends up at Hogwarts slash uh, Hotel Transylvania. So someone put this up as like the trailer and it's like this is clearly the end of the film mm-hmm. because they're talking about the outcomes for all the characters mm-hmm. and it's in the form of a fucking rap by fucking Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> so with the cadets it was a snap to escape Revolta's trap. Now let's get loose and dance and clap <laughs> while I lay on my Scrappy rap. Over there is Daddy Drack who's glad to have his daughter back and all the guys from Callaway are here to dance the night away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, the science is too tight. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. The show is so packed with information, it has to work in an entire song around all of that stuff, which is yeah. crazy to me. Like, wow, they, I mean, it's a great song, but it's like you're wasting so much mystery time with it, this song. It made me no feel like time for anything. Dad, do I like Mambo? <laughs> no, son. You like this song, the Senor Burns song. It is a beautiful song. Not written by Tito. It's written by Alf Clausen and the, mm-hmm. and the regular team. And it's, I just love, I love the lyrics that it's like, wounds, wounds last short, but this song will last forever. And then putting in some wonderful high school Spanish that any of us can understand of the, <laughs> the heart of a dog, adios old man, uh, the devil with money. That's the, the that's what they say in Spanish. You settle your score on the salsa floor. Yeah, settle my score on the salsa floor. It's such a great song, and it lost the Emmy. I can't. What did it lose to? Do we have a, a list? I had a. It, oh no, it's the Emmys for next year. Uh, ninety six. So it lost in the nineteen ninety six Primetime Emmy Awards in the Outstanding Individual Achievement in Music and Lyrics, which sounds like a Burns Ward. Uh, <laughs> it lost to Let's Settle Down from the television remake of Bye Bye Birdie, which is like. Wait, that's a musical. A cover song one? Yes. Unbelievable. I hate that. I hate... Senor Burns is such a good song. How dare a... Look, that's... Bye Bye Birdie's great. It's fine. I but like it, but... It could, it could have won an award like 40 years before yes. this, yeah. so let it have that. Let Oakley and Weinstein be Emmy Award dominate, uh, Emmy Award winning songwriters. Well, I mean, on the bright side, everyone's still talking about the 1995 TV version of Bye Bye Birdie, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, all right. So... We've got, it sounds like it's going to be some exciting alibis coming up here. I love it. Okay, okay, I believe you're innocent. 
Gee, I hope all those suspects this much fun. <laughs> hmm. No. no. Let. Let me. Let me think. How? Now I did. I did go to the town meeting with the intention of ambushing Mr. Burns. When it adjourned, I rushed to the lavatory to apply my camouflage makeup. Blast! I took mother's makeup kit by mistake. Oh, uh, excuse me, ma'am. <gasps> Superintendent Chalmers. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Superintendent Chalmers, can vouch for your whereabouts? Oh, yes. But anything else he tells you is a filthy lie. So right in that right in that scene, Skinner admits he was going to kill Mr. Burns. Yeah. It was his intention. Yeah, which I it's feel a pretty like, good alibi. That, that, that's an arrestable like they offense. Should arrest him for yeah. that. Yeah, but I mean, Wiggum's really bad at his job. And so. Chalmers confuses a, a uh, Skinner in a suit in his normal haircut, just with makeup on, as a woman. You know, that's very nice of him. Yes. Just, like he he doesn't define women by one. That's look. true. Like, I'm the one who's wrong here. He's, he's gender's fluid, Seymour. But I just love that <laughs> oh that opens. Oh my god! I just love. That that opens with the ticking clock too. Just to let you know, we're wasting this much time. Like this is, <laughs> yeah. you're dying as you listen to this. It's just how bored Eddie, Lou, and Wiggum look as they're going. They're so frustrated. But Ugh. the fact that it took until it took until the final application of makeup to realize Skinner was making himself up to look like a woman and not a yeah. uh, yes. camouflage well, part expert. Of your camo has red lipstick. Yeah. Though I knew it wasn't Skinner because his gun had a silencer. So That's true. We heard a gunshot, yep. so it couldn't be him. That's what blew my mind last time, if I can reiterate that again. That they gave people very specific guns, and they mm-hmm. repeated it in the promo art. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you could have ruled out several suspects because Barney had a shotgun. That was not a shotgun blast. Yeah. And there was three of them. <laughs> this are, these are all things that they went out of their way to... And in that, in that flashback shot, too, when he's applying the makeup, it's still the same gun. They made huh. sure it was the same gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get Willie's alibi, which would also explain... This alibi explains why he has an axe and not a gun in the flashbacks. I'm telling you, I could never have shot Burns! <laughs> this is your last warning about that. <laughs> it's impossible for me to fire a pistol! If you'll check my medical records, you'll see I have a crippling arthritis in my index fingers. <laughs> Look at them! Oh, I got it from Space Invaders in 1977. Oh, yeah, that was a pretty addictive video game. Video game? Uh, uh, Space Invaders came out in 1978. All right, let's have a Retronauts right now about Space Invaders. <laughs> uh, one of the most popular arcade games of all time. One of the earliest arcade hits from made by Taito. Mm-hmm. And that's, all, that's about it. It, mm-hmm. it was so popular, they ran out of 100 yen coins. That, that could be apocryphal, ones. I don't know. Are you fucking nerds trying not to talk about Sharon Stone's vagina? <laughs> well, well, yes. Look, well, I <laughs> Who hasn't seen it by now? Space I'm looking it up now. I bought it on DVD to see this sequence. 4K. <laughs> mostly, no one had seen a vagina before. Mostly Newman's screen. reaction. Because it's really great that it's just Wayne Newman. Knight there in full Newman. <laughs> yes, when they fly, first you see a little bit of between her legs and then Newman's face. It's like, even if you were getting turned on by that, you're just smashed <laughs> in the face by Wayne, Wayne Knight. Dick is in your hand, you're going, Newman. <laughs> <laughs> well, though, I mean, I will say as a uh, 13-year-old discovering his sexuality, that was, this does I nothing. was like, oh, this is, ki-. no, <laughs> Willie was like, Oh, this feels interesting mm, to me. Like, all right, but it's the just these, that he keeps doing it to the point that they pull a gun on him. They're like, yeah. "Stop showing us your ball!" Another great Eddie line. He's got some good that lines line. in this yes, uh, episode. Yeah. Uh, but Space Invaders, though, 
I I really love the DS game version of it. The EX, oh, I believe it was. That I have was a quite, signed yeah. I have a signed thing from the Creator oh, Space yeah, Invaders from, from that from yeah. that. Uh, and I believe all of the enemies are like sushi, like things that you make into sushi. Yeah. So it had a more Japanese connection. Yeah, uh, but yes, the story was with Space Invaders when it first came out in Japan that it was. This is what I read in a video game history book. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They're all wrong. I write them. But <laughs> so the story was that. Space Invaders was hugely popular. It was made in response to Pong in Japan that they would then, uh, places would buy multiple machines and keep them there. And the Japanese men had to make more hundred yen coins because too many of them were sitting in the uh, arcade cabinets. They didn't make enough mm-hmm. coins to have them all be sitting in hundred, like thousands of arcade cabinets. And the Japanese economy was so booming at the time, people would pay a dollar mm-hmm. to play one game of Space Invaders instead of a yeah. quarter or like a dime. <laughs> uh, okay, so next, I say this is the line of yep, the show. The, the line game. of all time. Oh, yes. That's the joke. Do you hold a grudge against Montgomery Burns? No. All right, maybe I did, but I didn't shoot him. Checks out. Okay, sir, you're free to go. Good, because I got a hot date tonight. Odd date. Dinner with Fred. Dinner alone. Watching TV alone. All right. I'm going to sit at home and ogle the ladies in the Victoria's Secret catalog. See his catalog. Now, would you unhook this already, please? I don't deserve this kind of shabby treatment. Uh, even his own body hates him. That's great. It's one of the it's up, up there with Steam Hams is one of the best condensed bits in The Simpsons. I think, I think it, it's up there with one. It's twenty seven seconds. Yeah, it's one of the best bits of all t- of any show ever. The, es- the escalation or de escalation oh. rather is great. See, and, and Azaria's performance makes it like his just like. A uh, date, dinner, alone. dinner with friends. Dinner. Like, just, the lies get less and less severe until he has to tell the truth. And Mo can just leave at any time. He's yes. just like, I'm going to sit in this chair and explain my night to you guys. His defeat of Sears Catalog yeah, is just so great. He's and, a broken uh, man. Uh, yeah, we don't have the Sears catalog to wank to anymore, but it was vital to growing up uh, uh, as again, a young what, man. Women, the bra ads in it, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I remember we in, in, in a gifted program arts and crafts contest. We discovered we had just discovered the Sears catalog, and they like make a collage, and we just did a whole like a poster board size, like a science fair, multiple sided board of just hits from the Sears catalog. Wow! Like uh, it was unbelievable. I can't believe I did that. I hope Uh, it's still out there somewhere. My name's on it. That was your vision board for the future serial killer side. So I cut their heads off. Well, that that makes it better. (laughs) So the point of those scenes is to deal with. The last of the big suspects who aren't Simpsons, because it's going to be all Simpsons as suspects from this point on. I would have liked a scene with Barney. I don't know. But, I mean, nothing would top that Mo scene anyway. Yeah. So, uh, then we cut to right. Abe <laughs> oh, Abe pouring orange juice on what I'm guessing is cereal, which is pretty great. That's good. And him lusting after his gun and then Marge's reaction to thinking it was him talking about her. She's like, yeah. So uh, he, he dug up the gun before the town meeting? Yep. Okay. We saw at the end of uh, part one, we saw that it had been dug up. Right, right. It was the Smith & Wesson. Yeah. S&W. Uh, but that leads to nothing. But it, it leads to nothing other than making you think that Grandpa did it. Because it's only because he's crazy, a little column A, a little column B, uh, that he 
He acts so guilty. He acts so guilty, yeah. but it's really just because his brain. Is and as a viewer, you could be like, "Well, Grandpa could shoot Burns, and they would uh, they would address it by not putting him in jail." He's like a crazy old man. They'll yeah. just be like, "Oh, Grandpa." I love also his list of things. Who threw the cane at the TV? Yeah, this also taught me what a China hutch is. All right, <laughs> hands off my China hutch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. Yeah. Actually, I learned it already from Bart from yeah. buying it for a nickel from the Flanders. Is is. All right. So. We get another very specific reference. It honestly was quite old in 1995, but... Uh, very memorable. Oh, sure. I'm not following you. Burns is huge. Burns is huge. Huh? Look at Burns and suit. Yeesh. Ha, ha, ha. I had an idea, Chief. How do we check out that suit Burns was wearing when he got shot? Did you have the same backwards talking dream with the flaming carts? I'll drive. That's great. Green line. Uh, I don't know what kind of voice Harry Shearer is doing for Eddie. It's just like this weird deadpan thing that I I don't remember him having before. Yeah. No, he said it. Well, I'm used to... Lou is just such a oppressive figure of the yeah. duo that it's hard to remember any Eddie lines, really, other other than like, that's what they're all saying down the station. Like it's well, we must be the worst parents of all time. That's what they're saying down the station. Yeah, just uh, yeah. So, Chris, I'd say you're the Twin Peaks expert of the three. No, of us, are so. you kidding? The well, only reason I know Twin Peaks is because of this show. My girlfriend oh, and all okay. my friends really like it. Uh, but okay. it, it I only is, watched the first season. It's fortuitous that like, man, the Twin Peaks just wrapped up what Matt called in our best of show, like one of the best things Television of, of 2017 ever. they let david lynch do whatever he wanted and that yeah. was clear it's like you either like it or you don't yeah so this is the red room in the black and white lodge mm-hmm. from probably the most famous scene uh, of, twin peaks, of yeah. twin peaks uh but i most of it is silent but i did get the backwards talk in here i lost good news last no you wash he's dying too Come back in style. <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin is quite confused. I, I, I don't know why I haven't seen this show. It I prefer Deadly me. Premonition. That's my favorite version <laughs> of Twin Peaks. Well, the seasons one and two are on the Netflix, so you don't even need uh, Showtime. No, I know. It's just one of those things like, hey, you got 24 hours? <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> uh, well, so, well, Bob, that scene is one of the most famous in it. It's, it's he, much like Chief Wiggum, he gets a clue while in the Red Room, does he? Not just having that little Oh, guy Deadly t- Premonition? Yeah, it, no, I mean in, in Twin Peaks. Oh, yes, 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 in Twin Peaks, yes. Yeah. But it's funny, it's like Lisa delivers the clue mysteriously, and then he, she shouts it at Wiggum, and then only when Eddie says it yes. does Wiggum decide wow. to look at the suit. It's like yeah. nothing oh, works on Wiggum, nothing gets through. Even saying, look at Burns' suit, which I like that joke as a suit. joke about Twin Peaks, too. That it, As a viewer of Twin Peaks, most viewers probably want to go like, would you just say what you mean yeah. Quit with this mystery? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, shot Laurel Palmer. Or not shot, killed. So this episode, like I said, 
In a world where Nicole Brown Simpson is alive, would there be DNA, Simpson DNA, being such an important plot point in this episode? I'm just I said think not. she wasn't around to enjoy this she fine television. Yeah, her mm-hmm. and uh, Ronald Goldman really should have enjoyed this. What do you got, the whole town's DNA on file? Yeah, huh? If you've ever handled a penny, the government's got your DNA. Why do you think they keep <laughs> in circulation? Scan's finished. Now it's going to narrow it down to the family bloodline. <laughs> Homer Simpson. Bingo. That gunman has a name. Oh, chief, chief, chief. 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 <laughs> it was an odd choice to make Charles Bronson the lab tech. Yes, but yeah. I still. Do they have to bribe. I, I love few things more than people out of jail being bribed with cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he buys some cigarettes. Fucking wonderful. Just a carton of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> and and him easily throwing out like. Oh, have you ever handled a penny? They've all—they've got your DNA. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and just to root it in like squarely in 1995, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have a new Windows yet, so we have the Windows Tada noise. It stood out while well, we used it on our old podcast. Oh lot. yes, yes. You uh, did. But yeah, Windows Windows noise. <laughs> <laughs> it made it to The Simpsons. You're famous. In the DNA test, uh, it was. We learned. Mm-hmm. America learned what DNA was from mm-hmm. The Simpson thing. It was because people were like, well, he definitely did it. There's DNA, which DNA evidence is not as. It's not completely a foolproof. A little but... less conclusive than we thought. Yeah. No, I do like the But DNA... still better than fingerprints? DNA has freed so many people from death row that this is why I'm a staunch anti-death penalty person, because even if you do kill the people who are bad, you've killed a lot. You can you can definitely be sure you've killed... The, the government has killed some innocent people. The number of innocent people who have been saved from death row, thanks to DNA tests, makes you go like got to be dozens dozens we killed uh we as a government have killed. way way more than that actually i'm being nice mm-hmm. i'm yeah. being nice to america with that mm. so it's simpson dna and seemingly burns named homer simpson as his shooter it's like, a great little twist in that burns can never remember homer's name but when he wakes up from his coma that's all he can say is homer he can simpson say, yeah. yes and that Smithers, now that he's cleaned up his act, he is back to Burns' side. So the SWAT team comes in. Sadly, swatting was in the news recently. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into that. But the they're they're mainly uh, like devoted to breaking up the house instead of finding Homer. Yeah, they they're just they can't find Homer. They don't ask where Homer is. My favorite is just the insert shot shot of the guy breaking that lamp for no reason. <laughs> Helping out the silverware it. behind them. Yes. But they have caught Homer. I'm sorry, kid. We got Simpson DNA on Burns' clothing, and your father was identified by the old man himself. <gasps> DNA positive ID. Those won't hold up in any court. Run, Dad! Hey, ho! Look what I found under Mr. Simpson's car seat. I swear, I've never seen that gun before. Didn't wear your fingerprints all over it, sir. <laughs> this bullet matches the one we took out of Burns. Homer Simpson, you're under arrest for attempted murder. Doe! Yeah, that's what they all say. They all say doe. <laughs> so, I believe uh, that was an Azaria. Yeah, a minor runner-up for Line of the Show. Hank Azaria added, they all say doe. The original line was that that's what they all say, and then the, the, the scene cuts. But that's a great addition. Yep. So seemingly they've caught Homer, 
And it is, this is the one time the Springfield police do a good job. They accurately fingerprint him, they identify the weapon, and they find it. Well, Wiggum got a lot of help. Yes, everyone did the job for him, and they wouldn't, it was because everybody else did it for him. Yeah. That's great. And so, they put Homer in the paddy wagon, they're going off, and uh, they stop for breakfast at the Krusty Burger. And let me tell you, as a fan of breakfast biscuits from McDonald's, don't get the pancakes. It's so easy to make pancakes, and they're just going to be cold little slivers of garbage. Like, yeah. get a breakfast sandwich or a McMuffin. Biscuits are the supreme breakfast uh And you can have it in your item. hands. What are you going to have? We're this like, a whole other show discussing plate? this. None of that is true. <laughs> no, well, I hate the McMuffins make, for life. <laughs> oh, I mean, yes. I, oh, for sure. All for of sure. those over pancakes. When I see somebody order pancakes at a McDonald's, I'm like, what are you doing? You foolish fool. Those pancakes are nothing. It'll like, be a fun with a plastic fork. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm glad that in the next time we see Wiggum, he has bandages on him because he should be dead. He is flattened by that car. Yeah, I got. I hope he fell back into the window. <laughs> and then in 1995, <laughs> it's 1995, and they're doing a fugitive reference. Yeah, but... again. So Jasper in this episode is like the, <laughs> the Judge Dread of paved surfaces. He he wrestles Smithers for fancy walking, and he uh... he, he pushes the police car out of the way because it's parked in the uh, the drive through. Drive throughs ain't for parking. Yeah. So he runs off the road, and then was Homer running in front of it is... Great animation. It's great animation, and it is from the Harrison Ford fugitive when he escapes yes. uh, on the run. And as we found out from Josh Weinstein oh, yeah. tweeting it out, what Josh Weinstein tweeting out, is that there were extra scenes in the script they had to cut of Homer on the run being chased by bloodhounds. Yeah, we never find out how he gets out of his shackles yeah, after this. Happens. We, we just see him it. posing as a doctor trying to kill Mr. Burns. Hmm. Uh, the, so, the Fugitive, I watched it recently, really holds up, mm. fun fucking movie, but uh, I think the critic is like 10% Fugitive parodies? It's 10% all a uh, few good men parodies. <laughs> yeah, if it's... Maybe it, 2 5% yeah. uh, Fugitive parodies. Got him, House of Pies. <laughs> when there was a monoculture, you could make fun of the same movie for yeah. 10 years. Like, and it was like, oh, we all saw this. And I think it took so long, because we'll see... When the Simpsons know something's going to be a phenomenon, they can write it in the script and make fun of it early. But Except the, Models Inc. They, they fucked that one up. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the Fugitive, that's probably why they didn't want to make the mistake. The Fugitive, I remember my dad saw that, like, who gives a fuck about that show? Well, this it's probably one of the most uh, critically rewarded shows based off of, uh, movies based off of a TV show mm -hmm. ever. Tommy Lee Jones got his Oscar from it. And uh, then we find out that Burns' positive ID might not be so good after all. Hi, everybody. Who? Miss Imp. Son? Okay, that was a little strange. Um, <laughs> tell me, how are you feeling today? Homer. Simpson, Homer. Do Simpson. Hmm, that seems to be all you can say. When you were in that coma, did you feel your brain getting damaged? <laughs> so this is something I noticed this time in Harry Shearer's acting. It's not just that he's saying Homer Simpson. He is saying the responses to people, but you have to transpose them with the words right. Homer Simpson. So way BBA uh, talks. So Nick, Dr. Nick oh, comes Homer in. Simpson. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Yeah. Homer Simpson. He's saying hi, Dr. Nick, but it's coming out Homer Simpson. Same with he's like, how are you feeling? Homer Simpson. Homer. And when he's like, Homer Simpson, Homer Simpson, it's, <laughs> he is saying the words, which, like, he didn't have, like, that's extra great acting there. Yeah, I, yeah. I like mm -hmm. it quite a lot. Harry Shearer is really doing it. Uh, in that 
He's but he's supposed to be the better hospital, and yet Nick Riviera is there. Yeah, why why, why is he doing rounds in this hospital? <laughs> uh, freelancing or something. Then Lisa starts poking holes in the theory and about how maybe the cops planted the evidence or uh, some no somebody planted the evidence. And I also love her reaction to like. Marge misunderstanding what DNA is, and Lisa just lets it go. Yeah. The way she goes, like Marge says, I took everything with it, including DNA, which is wrong. And Lisa just goes, sure, Mom. Yeah. And like strokes her arm like... Lisa could have an argument about this, but that's not important right now. Yes, she wants yeah. to be right about it, but it's not important. <laughs> and it's a great bit of Homer finding the lollipop and putting it in his pocket. All right. Which seems like just a good joke, but it will pay off. And uh, then we get... Apparently, Homer was a fan of Alexander Haig back in 88, but um, uh, Smithers knows exactly what Mr. Burns would want. Here is a photo of the fugitive from our files. And now Waylon Smithers, uh, who's been a real good sport about that wrongful arrest thing, (laughs) has a uh, statement that he would like to make. Waylon? Thank you. As Montgomery Burns' closest friend, I'm certain that there is nothing he would want more than swift, brutal revenge against Homer Simpson. Therefore, I am offering a $50,000 reward for his capture. Dead or alive. Me first! Me first! (laughs) You need Wiggum there to be excited for because that is patently illegal. You can't do that. Like, that's what they did in the Old West. Yeah. Let alone a civilian. Yes. But as obviously Mr. Burns is able to blot out the sun if he feels like it. So, so they, Smithers is not a murderer, but he's willing to pay people to murder for him. Mm-hmm. I feel like he is in such a low point yeah. that he's like, I betrayed Mr. Burns that now I have to be extra. I have to be as evil as he would be if he could be right you now. Murder somebody for 50 grand? The government's going to take like half that. Eh, yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, Wiggum's looking the other way. He's not going to arrest you. It's a lot. That 50 grand will take you a long way in, in uh, Springfield money. if you're, uh, yeah, especially if you're an upper lower middle class type. That's a lot of hackers tickets. <laughs> so Homer in the uh, shot, the photograph is wearing uh, Hague in 88, which Alexander Haig had been a chief of staff for multiple Republican administrations. And he ran in the Republican primary in 1988, trying to primary uh, the VI, uh, the vice presidential right. candidate, H.W. Yep. Bush. I read and a major gaffe of his was uh, he was Reagan's secretary of state in his first term, I believe, maybe second term mm-hmm. too. But oh, yes. after Reagan was shot... There was a press conference. He's like, I'm in charge now. It's oh. like, wait, that's not how it goes. <laughs> that's right. He did do that. It's like, it's like vice president, then like the, the head of the Senate, and then like, it, there's a chain of command. That he's, he's far down the list. Yeah, uh. sir, presidents never brag about their powers. Yeah. <laughs> I heard they're fantastic. Uh, and uh, but then meanwhile, Lisa has figured it out. Thanks also to a tip from a pigeon. So the DNA was right. It must have been. Oh, Dad! Attention all units, Homer Simpson has been sighted. Proceeded once to Marvin Monroe Memorial Hospital. We carefully when we captured him. We cannot claim the reward unless we have 51% of the carcass. That's right, a bird solves the mystery. <laughs> yeah. So seeing that clip in first viewing... When I was 13, was great confirmation for me was I was like, I spotted that he didn't have his gun in his pocket. And that's what they slow show motion. in that slow motion, mm-hmm. yeah. too, just to confirm it. Though it still never hit me WNS or MNS. That never, I never caught that in my viewings. But this is a great final increase of tension that, like, you know Lisa knows, but you don't know. And you're dying like, then tell us, Lisa. And the, her reaction to, like, so that means it must have been... Oh, Dad, you think, wait, so was it Homer? What? what? Who it's a good did tease. It? I like the it, tease. It's great. All right, so 
In every viewing before seeing the 138th episode of Spectacular, I never noticed that line ever. The Marvin Monroe Memorial yeah. Hospital. All right. Was that the first time? It is. Wow. So in the 138th episode of Spectacular, they ask... Which two beloved characters died in the last season? I always thought it was the first confirmation that this character is not gone, but mm. deceased. Yes. Marvin Monroe. Behind the scenes, it was that Harry Shearer didn't like doing the voice, and apparently Matt Groening wasn't a big fan of him either. And he looked and very he, season one He's a very season yeah. one design. Yes. Like two hairs for expressions. <laughs> so we hadn't seen Marvin Monroe in a long time, and they then just put in a one-off line that it's a Marvin Monroe Memorial Hospital. But I never heard that line. It wasn't until I think reading the, uh, reading some fan book on it that's like that's why they say he's dead. I watched that up part two so many times, but I never yeah. heard the line that it was the Marvin Monroe Memorial Hospital. Hmm. So it just confused me in the 138th episode. It's like, <laughs> wait, when did Marvin Monroe die? I don't think I... they ever called it that afterwards. The sign is always like Springfield General Hospital or whatever, wherever Hibbert works. So in a future episode, uh, when Maud dies and they're in the they go through the graveyard and they kind of talk about every lasting change they made on the show saying like the mill houses broke up Apu had a bunch of kids now Maud is dead they also go by the marvin monroe gravestone to again mark dead characters on the show same bleeding gums murphy mm. they show is too but in the season 15 episode oh yeah i know this diatribe of a mad housewife Marvin Monroe gets Marge to sign a book for him, and he says, I've been, oh, very sick. Yeah. But he's not dead. So Marvin Monroe has returned since then. But at this time, he was officially dead. Mm. So that is the story of Marvin He was dead for like a decade on on the show. Everything converges in one spot in the Springfield Mm -hmm. Hospital. This is like the most tension the show has ever had, and I love it. Homer's about to be murdered. Yes. Stop telling him it was me! Oh, I'll kill you for what? saying oh, it was me! Anton, <laughs> what? Who is the meaning of this? Smithers, who is this beast that's shaking me? Only on this viewing did I hear that instead of a scream, it is dough. A high-pitched dough, yeah. high-pitched dough. And, like, just, I... I wouldn't be surprised if that was David Silverman when Homer, his hands go back when he screams dough, like, Yes, actually, Wes Archer and David Silverman animated that themselves because they were the only parts of the team that were allowed to, uh, outside of the writers, that were allowed to know uh, that final scene, what happened in it. There are few things I find more beautiful than Homer taking that gun and pointing it at Burns' head. Yeah. I love that whole sequence. Quite dark. Quite Mm -hmm. dark in pointing the gun at him. And also that... That yeah, that they animated it. I it was animated during the summer, actually, like as late as possible. Mm-hmm. And that Jeffrey Lynch from the previous episode was mad that he's like, "You're asking me to set up this stuff. I don't know the ending." Oh, that's like, right. He didn't can't know. Tell you. Yeah. I can't tell you. I wonder if that's why he would quit soon after <laughs> this episode. Also, uh, David Merkin throughout the production process tried to leak the fake answer to many outlets, but none of them wanted it. Wow. He said it was the one time Hollywood was honest. Yes. He was trying to... He per, he didn't say, I'm Dave Merkin trying to do it either. He right, was right. like, I'm an anonymous tipster, and I know who the killer is, and that's... Well, I, we're not going to play it in this, because it's, it's all in the 138th episode spectacular, 
But all the fake endings they made were also to fool everybody else of like, well, maybe it could be Smithers. Yeah. We, we animate a Smithers ending. They, anima- they animated one new ending and like eight cut-ins where it's like everybody shooting burns, including yeah. like Apu shoots him with an automatic gun. And like some gun sounds that, that don't make sense. And Smithers is the only one that is a complete ending that could have been used on the show. I'm giving you a 10% pay cut. <laughs> which Ow. there's an interesting bit on the commentary where Dave Merkin says he wrote that whole thing and he said it was the one time he He's made Oakley and Weinstein laugh, which felt like it was him saying, these guys don't think I'm very funny. And then he's, I think he was, I think he knows that they didn't like how wacky his seasons got to be. And he wanted it to, they wanted it to be more down to earth in the next one. But yeah, so they had all the fake ones, but we know who the real person who shot Mr. Burns was. Say it Burns, say I never shot you! before shut (laughs) (laughs) for you i'm afraid not my primitive friend your kind is neither the cranial capacity nor the opposable digits to operate a firearm the one who shot me was (laughs) maggie simpson so not only does Mr. Burns not recognize Homer, he thinks he's an ape. Yep, he thinks a he's, talking ape. It's, that's quite. That is quite cruel. Homer. Yeah. Homer's sadness. I like when he kind of he kind of looks at his fingers after being told he can't shoot yeah. a gun. Also, like apes can fire guns. Yeah, I dare an ape yeah, to shoot a gun. I love that trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to throw a bushel of guns into like a gorilla preserve and see who shoots it first. Oh, Cobra's faking it. Oh, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that. God damn it. That, so the explanation, when he explains it, I will say that seeing what happened in the silhouette, I looked at that silhouette so many times trying to find clues from it. There are no clues in the silhouette. Yeah. The, what his, in, the clue is that it is a silhouette from headlights, not what Burns does. Mm-hmm. And it just felt so magical in first view to be like, this is what the silhouette was. Oh. So... Uh, Here is Burns explains it all, as I call this file. (laughs) With the sunblocker in place and the town aghast, I was on top of the world. So I wanted to kick up my heels and indulge my sweet tooth. I feel like celebrating. Oh, it's you. What are you so happy about? (gasps) I see. Yes. That's the one. Smithers had thwarted my earlier attempt to take candy from a baby, but with him out of the picture, I was free to wallow in my own crapulence. Well, I think you'd better drop it. But the old axiom was misleading. Taking the candy proved exceedingly difficult. <laughs> I said drop it. Stricken. Searched forth in search of aid, but finding only slack-jawed gawkers, <laughs> I gave up and collapsed on the sundial. Then, with your last ounce of strength, you pointed to W and S, <laughs> or, from your point of view, M and S, Maggie Simpson. What? <laughs> no! With my last ounce of strength, I sucked out my cold fillings and swallowed them. Those paramedics have sticky fingers. The greatest thing is, the biggest <laughs> clue was an accident. Yep. It happened completely on fast. He didn't mean to do it yeah. at all. But one of the bigger, more, more subtle clues is the fact that if there is a struggle, 
everyone but Maggie would instantly overpower Burns. That's mm-hmm. true. And that, that is one of the main ways you could tell it's Maggie because oh. Burns would lose instantly in a struggle to any adult we, human. We all knew he was weak. We should have realized yeah. that he, there would have been no struggle against anyone. And it was a bit of a callback to him trying to take back Bobo from her as Ooh, well. Oh, you're right. Beaten by an infant. Damn you, paparazzo. I played a trivia game with my mom over the Christmas break. And guessing what the singular for paparazzi was one of the questions, and I was the only one that got it, and I said, from this episode, this is You also know graffito. Graffito. Is that real, too? I think so. It's graffiti. Ta- gra- graffiti. Is- also, that team saying, wallowing in my own crapulence, Oakley Weinstein, love that line. <laughs> and as well as, it proved exceedingly difficult. It was not as- so easy to steal candy from a baby. I do love crapulence. So this is when... Now the tension is all gone, and it it feels right that Marge is the one to say, everything goes back to normal, we're fine, everything's fine. Well, I'm just relieved that Homer's safe and that you've recovered and we can all get back to normal. (laughs) If Maggie could talk, I'm sure she'd apologize for shooting you. I'm afraid that's insufficient. Officer, arrest the baby. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, right, Pops. (laughs) No jury in the world's going to convict a baby. Maybe Texas. Besides, she didn't mean it. It was an accident. The shifty eyes. Yeah, it's great. Actually, I was watching uh, the a season eighteen episode recently and had a joke I didn't like in it. Where, uh, I forget what the setup is, but Homer says, like, the time I shot Mr. Burns and blame Maggie, or, like, it looked like Maggie <laughs> really? did it. Yeah, so they, they've made fun of this before in the past. Well, yeah. They, I mean, after, they made fun of this after the fact. They also had a future one where Burns says, uh, he says, he wanted to see Lisa, and they think, like, oh, you mean Maggie's like, oh, the baby that shot me? No, 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 <laughs> thank you. And uh, Maggie even does, like, a finger gun That's at right. Burns. That's right, yeah. It's a cute joke. But... I wonder, the opening chalkboard gag is, I will not complain about the ending once I know it. And I wonder if that was Oakley Weinstein getting ahead of thinking that the ending sucked, or that it being Maybe. Maggie sucked. I, it I sucked think, like, like a pacifier. <laughs> <laughs> With the amount of hype behind this episode, it was bound to disappoint some people, you know. It, it was not going to be, be the perfect ending people wanted. But I... I, I was fine that, with the ending. It didn't make me mad as a kid. I didn't think it was anticlimactic. I think it didn't make me mad. It just took me years to revisit this as an episode of something special and worth mm. rewatching because I was hinging it all on this cliffhanger, which ultimately doesn't matter that much. Like <laughs> they it, made you think it mattered because they spent a lot of money yeah. making you think it mattered. Yeah. And this is a great episode, but I think part one is much better because uh, it's yeah. all set up and like the payoff is not as fun. And they have to do a lot of recapping, too, which eats up a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, can you yeah. imagine showing this to someone who's never seen it before? That would oh, be God. so much fun. <laughs> yeah, they have. To, you're right. They have to spend a ton of time recapping mm-hmm. and also set aside almost 90 seconds for a Tito Puente song. That's too. right. A great song. A great so. song. This, this is fun. Not as good as part one, but yeah. this That's, is... As a whole, they're great. They're fine. I'm sad watching this because... I do think it's all downhill quality wise here from The Simpsons. I think this downhill. is every every episode in this uh, that's coming up for the next like four years of this podcast. I still think is very good to amazing. It's more of a plateau for me. <laughs> I guess plateau, but it's uh, it, I just feel like we've reached the peak. Mm. I 
I don't know, but mm. it, though the next episode is one of my all-time favorites too. Mm, so, yeah, and the one after that's even better. I yes. Think. So yes, thanks for listening, folks. It's been a long episode, but we got to the end of Who Shot Mr. Burns, our, our three-hour saga to discover <laughs> Who Shot Mr. Burns. It was Maggie, by the way. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Bob Maggie. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retro Knots. Every Monday, and occasionally a bonus episode on Friday. It is a classic gaming podcast. I've done episodes with these guys about the video games Bart vs. the Space Mutants, Bart's Nightmare, and the Simpsons Arcade game. If you've never heard Retronauts, listen to those episodes. You might like the rest of our series. Mm. Everybody else, jump in. Well, you know, I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter, and I should tell you guys, since we're starting Season 7 now... The Season 6 wrap-up is already live on Patreon, and you can give that a listen at patreon.com slash talkingsimpsons for $5 a month. You get access to seriously too many things. Like, you get every episode of Talking Simpsons a week early and ad-free. Our season wrap-ups are deleted scenes, specials, every episode of Talking Critic, and a lot more really cool stuff coming. Oh, and all those interviews I talked about, Mike Scully... Mimi Pond, Bill Oakley, Reed Harrison, mm-hmm. and more cool stuff are coming. And of course, I should say, it's coming pretty soon at the time you're listening to this. January 28th, the Simpsons live show is a happening. Oh, San Francisco, California, the Piano Fight Bar. It's at sfsketchfest.com. You can find more details on it or on our Patreon. It is a free post about it as well. Check it out at patreon.com slash talking You can bring money to give to us. You can drink there, yes, too. Yes, yeah, you can drink. Yeah, you know what? I There'll want gifts. All of you bring gifts. Tributes. <laughs> Tribute. <laughs> Um, and uh, Laser Time is the the website that this lives on. LaserTimePodcast.com. dot com. Uh, Laser Time is a show that there's an eighty percent chance it's still going. Uh, but it probably is a lot of fun episodes. Not unlike Retronauts, look for an episode. Um, look for a type a topic you might like, and we've probably had an episode on it. Thirty twenty ten is a, is one where we don't get to revisit The Simpsons enough. Where we look at the whole world 30, 20, and 10 years ago. And we are moving into 1988. Mm. 1998 and 2008. So looking at all of those and hopefully an, an hour and change. And at some point, if we're around November, <laughs> I get to talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm I was very on, excited. the course, Chris. <laughs> I was on several podcasts mm-hmm. of Laser Time recently mm-hmm. where we reflected back on 2017. It's true, our best of the year. Here's to a better year. Apologies in, uh, to Baby Driver in, no. <laughs> and Dunkirk, which they, I had not seen. They couldn't help who they cast in Baby Driver. <laughs> it was the villain, though. It's yeah. got... It's got to be Christopher Plummer, though. They need to replace him with that. (laughs) For everything. That'd be great. Come on, Funny or Die. Where you at? Make that sketch. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week with Radioactive Man. Talking to me, Grandpa? Um, yes. Uh.